Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The baseball game is over. It's time for the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek, with the franchise Tim Allen on 1250 AM, The Fan. Well, that was fun. It is a final from American Family Field, and the results are definitely not good as the Brewers in Game 2 here, this four-game set. They get their brains beat in. 10-1 the final. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. There's Tim Shea. My name is Tim Allen. And the Brewers, yeah. I mean, you're going to have games like this. And I've always said... Uh, in in uh, all you know, sixteen plus years of doing this show, that you know, sometimes it's easier to digest a loss when it is like this. You know, you're not going to win every game. You know, you're going to lose a good, you know, sixty games or whatever it might be, sixty five games. And you know, that, understanding that um, makes it a little bit easier when you start processing this in like the fifth or sixth inning. You start waving the white flag. Yeah, uh, this one's. Yeah, this is one of those nights. This is uh, this is going to happen throughout. Much more difficult to lose a game in which you're up five to two in the seventh inning, and then it goes sideways on you. Now it does suck to lose to the Cardinals. I get that, and I completely understand it. A lot of people say uh, and have said uh, over the years that I should be livid after a game like this. No, it's, it's, I don't know. For those reasons I just expressed, that's why it's a little bit easier for me to sort of accept when it is a blowout game like this because they're going to happen. I know they're going to happen. You know they're going to happen too. Knowing that it's going to happen makes it a little bit easier for me. Maybe not for you, but it does for me. We're going to do something a little bit different. I want to go backwards in time. On the show tonight, go back to yesterday because, you know, yesterday with all the opening day uh, pomp and circumstance around, that's that's a good baseball phrase on opening day. I, I, I don't know. I think it's sort of cheesy. But um, with all the activities that go on on opening day, um, I didn't I, you don't get a chance to play. I'm not on the air long enough on a postgame show to kind of air uh, Mark Adonacio, the Brewers owner. And uh, president of baseball operations, David Stearns. We're going to hear from both of those guys tonight. 
as well as Craig Council after the game here. And Brent Suter, wow. Um, I don't think they should have even attempted to leave him in the game. I don't know if you, you caught that, Tim. Yeah. You know, he, he crashed it, into it, and then he tried warming up like he was going to stay in the game. He did kind of rack his head a little bit, and it sort of reminded me on a little whiplash action, it, it reminded me of Corey, Corey Koski. Yep. It did. Many years ago, he again, he never hit his head on the ground. That's, that's not how Corey Koski's life was turned upside down for a couple of years. It was the whiplash part of it. And that was concerning for me for Brent Suter. And the fact that he popped right back up, like, not sorry, not right back up, but all of a sudden he just popped up and headed right back to the mound. I was like, whoa. <laughs> That's Brent Suter for you, though. I mean, he's going to do his tumbling routine any chance he gets. But that surprised me that they allowed him to just go up there and throw. Good thing. I, I think it is a really good thing you removed him. Uh, from the game at that time in the ninth inning. Now, the good things in this game, Rowdy Telez continues to have a nice start to the season. I like that a lot, guys. I'm really interested to see if he is going to start tomorrow against the left-hander. He started against the left-hander Means in Baltimore, and now they're going to face Mats tomorrow for the Cardinals. Does Rowdy Telez, I well, I'm going to answer my own question. I think he deserves another start against lefties. I do, and I hope he's in there tomorrow. We'll see about that. Um, the other good thing is the pitching sort of stayed intact here, despite Freddie Peralta, and we'll get to him in just a second. Despite Freddie Peralta blowing up here, Urania goes three innings of two-run ball. Hobie Milner goes two innings of no-run ball, and then you piecemeal it together with Brent Suter. And Mike Brasso actually had a scoreless outing uh, in tonight's game. Point is... It keeps guys like Cousins, Boxberger, Williams, and Hader all ready to go tomorrow. And if things really go south on them tomorrow with a short start out of a Adrian Hauser, you know, Aspie is the scheduled starter on Sunday. If you really had to, you got into a situation where it was a, a really close game and maybe it go, goes into extras late, the pitching is sort of in decent shape considering a 10 to one game. That's a good thing. And that, you know, you're probably going to hear that from Craig council. Honestly, if I know Craig council, he's going to mention that, that the pitching kind of stayed in intact here a little bit uh, for tomorrow's game. And, and, and quite frankly, for Sunday's game as well, uh, seven, nine, nine, 12 If you want to jump in here, is, is this a little more difficult to you than a uh, three to two loss where you were in the game and then you, you, you know, you lost it late or you, you had a couple of runners in scoring position with less than two out, and you couldn't get the runner in, and then you lost three to two? No. For me, no, because I knew after, pr pretty much after the second inning, six nothing, we weren't hitting anything. That, it, that's right. You knew. You knew. Yeah, you, you just know, and that's, that's why it's easier for me on games like this. Again, we're still riding high on the fact that baseball is back. I mean, we really are. And I don't know uh, if some of you listen to uh, – I, I got to call someone out. I'll do that later. You remind me, Tim, to call somebody out in I got the radio you. industry. Yep, yep. Okay? Yep. Because that's just it, it's things like that that really upset me a little bit. When you just throw things out of your mouth and you can tell you don't like the game, you think that the NBA is this all 
high and mighty thing. Just, I, I don't want to get too much into it. I, I'll do it later. And I don't care if he finds out about it. I really don't. He's a, a, in theory, he's a colleague of mine for sure, but I'll call him out anyway. All right. Seven, nine, nine, 1250. Is this your thoughts on the game here? Freddie Peralta, not good. I mean, just, and Freddie Peralta has had these problems in the past, and that is his first innings. Throughout his short career, as it is, he's had the problem in the first inning, and then he settles in. Then he settles in and pitches pretty good, and and he salvages a lot of his, well, used to salvage for sure a lot more um, than he had early on, but he salvages his, his outing, by uh, extending what you thought was going to be a short start. He gets beat up for two, three runs in the first, and then all of a sudden he settles in, and before long it's uh, one out in the sixth, and and you got to call it quits. Or he gets through five innings. This one, not so much. This one, something was funky that was going on with Freddie Peralta. That wasn't good. It's a couple of starts now where he gets – uh, really scattered uh, in the first inning. And, and that, to me, is the key to Freddie Peralta's future. It's, it's the one thing. Now, he's still learning. He's still learning his, his off-speed stuff, despite what a season last year, an all-star season. It's still a work in progress for his, for his off-speed stuff. It is. And it showed today. He just was all over the board, all over the road. And then, granted, St. Louis has... It's got a nice lineup over there, but, boy, they got to him. And uh, much of it was sort of self-inflicted, I would say. I would give the Cardinals offense some credit. But it was some self-inflicted wounds by Freddie Peralta here in his performance. We'll, uh, we'll go over his performance in a little more detail in uh, just a little bit. 799-1250. Let's go to Mike. Mike, what's going on? The Brewers, yeah, not good tonight. What's on your mind? Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Him? Him? Yes. Oh, John from Glendale. Okay. Am I hearing like two or three different people? (laughs) Oh, no, this is John from Glendale. All right, John, let's go with you, man. Go ahead. How you doing, Tim? Well, more important how you are. Oh, man. I watched the whole game. They're the worst game for Brewer fans. (laughs) Just threw it like, oh, my God, already. But, you know, the thing is, talking to Peralta – um, you know, he does this, Tim. How do you describe it? It seems like, you know, it's one thing if it's a 4-4 game, let's say it's in the fifth inning and he gives up, you know, a couple of runs. Well, you still got a chance to come back, but we haven't even had our batch yet. Bottom of the first inning, it's already 4 to nothing. Then the next inning, second inning, he adds down a couple more. Like Tim said, it was over before it starts. But mm-hmm. don't you think Peralta, I mean, he was so up, so down, all over the strike zone. He's had games like this. And it hasn't been where he just gave up a couple runs. It's like we were done before it even started. I'm on a, a time frame tonight. I'll hang up and listen. Great Shoot. job. Yeah, all right, thanks. He, you know, I, I, I've never played the game at that level, obviously. I don't know what certain players do, certain pitchers do before their, their appearance, before their start. Probably a myriad of things. Who knows? I know what I do before I go on the air, and it might shock a lot of you. It's just goofy. It's just weird. And they go to work, too. And so before a start, 
I don't know what he does. But my guess is I would tinker with how you prepare just prior to your start. That, that would be my suggestion if this continues. Because it's, it's become a pattern. You might want to tinker with it now. And maybe they have. And it makes no, no difference. You know, a lot of times you, you prepare in the pen just before taking the mound. And you have nothing in the pen. You're, nothing's working. Breaking ball isn't breaking. Uh, there's, just, there's just nothing there. And you're thinking, oh, man, this is going to be one of those nights. And you pitch a gem. On the other hand, everything might be working just prior to you going to the mound in the pen. I'm going to have a great performance tonight. Man, I was sharp out there in that pen. I'm locked in and ready to go. And then you have a performance like this. I, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't know what he does exactly before preparation, but when you have a pattern like this of getting beat up in the first inning, I would tinker with that routine, whatever that routine is. And they're creatures of ha- habit. Baseball players are. I would probably tinker with it. Why not? I mean, you know, it's it's again a trend in his in his performances thus far in his career. And once again, once he gets through the first inning. More times than not, he is one hell of a pitcher. He's he is anyway, but he's even better once he gets into the second inning and beyond. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty ten to one. The Brewers lose. Uh, we have processed this like a little bit better than a than a four two loss. I mean, at least I do. I'm not going to tell you how to handle a ten to one beatdown by the Cardinals of all. The only thing worse than this would have been a ten to one loss to the Cubs. And Marshall that happened last week. <laughs> yeah, the nine zip. Yeah, exactly. That was worse than this. Yeah, I agree. It was. Marshall, you're next on the fan. What's going on, Marsh? Well, good evening, guys, uh, and happy Good Friday and happy Easter. First of all, same I, to you, Marshall. I missed part of the game tonight because I was at a Good Friday service worshiping worshiping uh, my Lord here tonight, mm-hmm. and that was far more important to me today. But I did get home. It was already eight nothing. Um, it just, but we got the bases loaded, scored a run, got the benefit of an error there. And I was just hoping if Peterson could just get a hold of one or even get a single there, this thing could get interesting. You just never give up in in these things. But I knew at that point when, when he didn't come through, it was, it was over. It just seemed the little I saw guys are hitting tonight. We just were getting under the ball a little too much. We just missed a couple of potential big things and i would have loved to have found out what happened but anyway it was just one of those games tim i tend to agree with you i don't ever like to lose anybody that knows me knows I'm, that's who i am but but at the same time in a season like this it's going to happen i just think the only troubling thing right now to me that has to change we've had a couple of stinkers as i call them here lately and uh, including tonight and i just think that I keep harping on it. I've harped on it probably for six years, even through some of our better years and near the near miss in 18 and so on. And even back to the near miss in 11 against these same Redbirds that year, by the way. Uh, But our ISP folks has to get better. And I know that probably tonight we wouldn't have won even if Peterson had come through. But in these closer games, as you've talked, you guys have talked about four twos, the three twos, the five fours, and we've had a couple of those when we're split those two. But 
we have to do better in that stat. We can't be going one of ten. And it's been a problem, guys, for too mm-hmm. long. And I don't know how you solve it. That's up to counsel and the guys. It can, the thing is, as Barry Alvarez used to say, it's correctable. It's, it's one of these things that's correctable. And we just got to do it because as, as just the last couple of years has proven, we can't live off the home run ball alone. You know, man can't live by bread alone, as the old biblical verse goes. And you know, it can't go that way with runs. We got, we, we got to come. We got, fine. We have the power, but we got to get the guys home when we get them on base. As we used to say in my day, guys, ducks on the pond. We got to get them. We got to get them home. And I think, I think the pitching will come around. It's just going to take some time. Peralta, as you said, is a little young. Still a work in progress. It's where we are at the end of the season, guys. It's going to count. And uh, but, but the offense just has to figure out a yeah. way to get guys home. We just have so much trouble. But anyway, happy Easter, guys. <laughs> Let's go get them tomorrow. Let's go yeah. get them this week and uh, take care. And I got to say it in another sport. Go Bucks right now too. Absolutely, they're they're underway. Thanks take for care. the call, Marshall. Yeah, uh, happy Easter to you too. Yeah, they're underway on Sunday. Uh, more on that maybe on tomorrow night's show. But you're right uh, with the offense. And, and But I will tell you this, and, and I know Marshall understands it. Everybody understands it. It is early. But let's pretend, shall we? Let's just pretend that it's July 1st and the runners in scoring position it, it just and the offense, it's just all or nothing. Because I will say, you, you mentioned getting under balls. A lot, there has been a lot of deep shots for outs this season. Make no mistake about it. There has been. That also tells you that when they do start going over the wall, this, this offense is going to be wicked good with home runs. They're going to get on, on a home run streak maybe that we haven't seen in a few years. They're going to rack some bombs. Man, I'm telling you, they will. That being said, is it all or nothing? And are we going to be talking about that on July 1st? That's, mm, I don't, well, let's, let's, just see, let's just see what happens through the first <laughs> few months. Let's see what, what happens here. I think they're going to be, we, and we've talked about this, I think they're going to be an above-average offense. I think potentially that the potential is there to be a really good offense. And I think the the catalyst and the key is that three, four spot. They have good years. I think the wraparound players on top, Willie Adamas, Colton Wong behind them, Hunter Renfro, Rowdy Telez and, and uh, Omar. That has so much potential and that catalyst right there, the nucleus right in the middle that has all the potential in the world to just just go crazy good with the offense. Pitching, go ahead, Tim. No, I was just going to say I agree with you. Once the weather heats up, they're going to be hitting those uh, those baseballs out of, uh, I almost called it Miller Park, Amfam Field. They're yeah. going to be flying. They're going to be flying. So. Dude, I'm going to stick with them. Yep. I'm going to hang yeah, with oh, them, God, yeah. as they oh, say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Freddie Peralta, on the other hand, 77 pitches through three innings of work. Seven hits, two walks, a hit batter, six runs. Ten base runners through nine outs of Freddie Peralta tonight. You're going to lose ten out of ten games. Your starter does that. And that's just one of those That's just one of those games. But, again, the silver lining here is that Urania, Hobie Milner, 
and Brent Suter and, and Brasso, as it were, in the ninth inning. They kept this staff in line. They didn't go normally a 10 to 1 game, you soak up and, and go through a few pitchers. It didn't happen today. It didn't happen. That that is a good thing heading into tomorrow's game. You have to look at it that way in the game of baseball. You just do. I know it 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 sounds uh, like I'm reaching for a positive. That's it's just the reality of it, is that it did. Rainio, despite giving up a couple of runs, he pitched three innings. Those were huge three innings. Same for Hobie Milner. In fact, I think Hobie could go again if you really needed him to. He's been a little impressive here, honestly. I gotta say. There's a, there's a little bit of a silver lining as well. We'll take a break, come back. You guys want to join us? We're going to hear from Mark Adonacio. He addressed the media yesterday. I'm moving backwards a little bit because I just, you know, t- yesterday's show with the win and, you know, with, the, uh, with all that was going on for opening day, I just didn't have time to play it. Uh, Mark Adonacio from yesterday. We're going to hear from David Stearns from yesterday. We'll hear from Craig Council tonight. Still a lot to get to here. Yeah, the game wasn't so good. There'll be nights like this, that's for sure. I'll promise you there'll be another one just like this. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. 10-1, the final. We'll be right back. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. What play got you the most excited from today's game? Did it get you up off the couch? It's time for the call of the game presented by the 5 O'Clock Steakhouse. 5 O'Clock Steakhouse, Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network. Visit them and make online reservations at 5oClockSteakhouse.com. Yeah, the Brewers, they lose tonight. That might be putting it mildly. 10-1 the final. Their record now 4-4 four and four early on here in the 2022 championship season. Uh, we'll get to you, Jim, in just a second here. I want to get to the call of the game here because, uh, well, maybe maybe two. This, this one interesting. Brent Suter. Brent, you got to love the effort here. But, my goodness, Brent, it's, I mean, it's the ninth inning of a 10-1 game. But, see, these players, they can't turn that off. I talked with Jeff Jenkins about a month ago on the air, and we talked exactly about that. One of the, one of the things I, I, I was always peeved at, at Jenkins, he was getting hurt, and, it, and a lot of times he was getting hurt in like an 8-1 to one game in the ninth inning or eighth inning. He's trying to make a diving grab, or he crashes into the rail, and then you lose him for 10 days or 15 days. But, you know, he agreed, and, and uh, for the most part, I did too, in that you just can't turn that on and off. I mean, it's a pop-up. It's a fly ball. You just go for it. You're going to go for it. That's the only speed you know. Well, as heard on Bally Sports Wisconsin, Brent Suter did the same thing. Pop-up, foul territory. Suter on the run for it. Oh, look out. Oh, my goodness. Brent was crashing into... The railing, and he is down. My goodness. Oh, oh, he just was flying over toward that railing. Yeah, that's tough, tough for Brent Suter there. And he attempted, God bless him, man. He attempted to uh, stay in the game, but I thought he should have been removed immediately. But, again, that's the way these guys are wired, especially him, Brent Suter. Well, let's get to another call of the game. You get beat 10-1. to We got to play the one, do we not? 
Yeah, Omar Narvaez with a bat in his hand. First time they've had multiple runners aboard. And there's a base hit. Narvaez sends one to right. McCutcheon will score. And the Brewers are on the board here in the seventh inning. Yeah, skunk out of the box in the seventh. Yeah, there, there it is on Valley Sports Wisconsin. The skunk out of the box right there, as Rock says. And B.A. on the call, Valley Sports Wisconsin. Brewers do fall uh, 10 to 1. And again, that, that call of the game brought to you by 5 O'Clock Steakhouse, Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network, now featuring home grill kits to go. Visit them at 5OClockSteakhouse.com. Let's get in a call before we hear from the Brewers principal owner, Mark Adonacio. Jim in Chicago, first time up this year. Jim, welcome to the show again. Oh, yeah, it's always great to be back with you, Tim. I, I love having the conversations. This is a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously a little bit of a sluggish start this year for us. It, you know, kind of got us down, but there's 150-some-odd games left. Uh, obviously our goal is a championship. And um, as I'm kind of thinking existentially tonight under, you know, the influence of many beverages, um, I don't know if you know that the answer, well, I know you know the answer to this question. There's something in common the last three World Series champions have. Do you know what that is? They all eliminated the Brewers. Correct, yeah. And, uh, I think about that, and I'm like, you know what? We're closer, I think, than people think. I mean, to, to, to make it to the playoffs all those years in a row after, you know, a drought of many years of not making playoffs, we've always lost to the champions. At, at some point, it's going to turn around, and it's going to be our year. 2022, why can't it be our year? That's what I'm thinking. And I know yeah, you're it, thinking that because it's the 2022 championship season. <laughs> That's right, Jim. How's your son doing? He's doing fantastic. Good. He's got a little uh, internet card business, trading card business going, and, and uh, things are going well for him. Nice. That's that's good to hear. That is cool. That is cool. A little entrepreneur there. That's that's He's awesome. Jim, we'll yeah. talk again, okay, buddy? All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right. You got it. Uh, 799-1250. Yeah, why not this year? It could happen. Absolutely it could happen. What I mean, there's a tremendous amount of talent on this baseball team. A tremendous, and you always start there. This isn't rolling out a, a 26-man roster, you know, in this case, you know, 28 until May 1st. It's not just you roll it out there and then then see what happens. A, a championship team starts with a talented 26-man roster. I don't think, I don't think anybody is going to argue that this team isn't talented. Okay, then you take the next step. Now does it, does it have chemistry? That's to be determined every year. Craig Council will tell you this. Every team is different. Even though a good chunk of the uh, roster here is intact from last year, it still remains that every team is different. Every year is different. There's different storylines, different things that happen. The ball bounces a certain way for you. There's certain trends that happen. Guys have career years. You just all of those things are unpredictable. That's got to happen organically on a given year for all the teams, every team. Somehow, some way, teams that are projected to do quite well, you know, a 99 plus chance to make the playoffs for the LA Dodgers, an 18% chance to win the playoffs. That's almost unheard of. 
coming out of the shoot here. 18% chance to win the World Series for the Dodgers. A lot of times that does, just doesn't happen. So a lot, a lot could go right for the Brewers, and why not? Jim, you're right. Why not? Could happen. But you have to develop all these things throughout the course of a season. And that's what we're doing right now. With a 4-4 four and four mark, that's what we're doing right now, talking about an offense that clearly hasn't hit their stride. What did we talk about last year? The first, I don't know, what I was, six, 60 days, three months of the season? I said, this pitching staff is so good, it's buying time. Do you remember that? You guys remember that from last year? Buying time for the offense to get their stuff together. I would like to use a different word, but okay, I'll throw in stuff. They're buying time to get the offense together here. Now, maybe it could be the other way around here, where the offense is doing just enough here. They're not doing great. But they're doing enough for a 4-4 four and four mark while these guys on the, on the pitching side of things get their stuff together. It's got to be a balance like that. And sometimes that balance just it corrects itself. Just by baseball circumstance, just corrects itself. Look at Atlanta last year. I mean, they were – a lot of people counted them dead and gone midseason. Look at the Washington Nationals in 19 – most everybody considered them dead and gone. And look what happens. That, you know, again, there's going to be some tough losses. There's going to be some beatdown losses. Let's get to uh, uh, Brewers owner Mark Adonacio. It's always fun to hear what he has to say at the beginning of every year. He addressed the media at yesterday's opening day. Happy opening day. I think this... Tyler and I were saying this is the first time since 2019 we've been in the room here. Is that right? Wow. <laughs> anyway, it's nice to see everyone in person and not on Zoom. And uh, I guess we I would just start right in with questions and go from there. I'll start, Mark. What do you think about what you saw in the first week of baseball? Uh, well, I loved having baseball back uh, across uh, – across the country and um, but I guess you're asking about how what I saw on our team or just generally yeah it uh, generally is, is just fun to see um, you know frankly so many young players doing so well and for our club uh, was a little uneven you never really know how the season starts uh, I like that uh, we won some close games there it's uh, Doug Melvin used to say they're all wearing major league uniforms. So whatever you think about the talent level of your club and the other side, everybody's you know trying to win. And uh, I think everybody's happy to come back here at, at 500. So it's uh, it always could be worse. Mark, I know we're starting off a little later than usual, but after everything the last two years, how important is it? from the franchise standpoint to be back to some normalcy this year? Oh, it's great. I mean, you know, uh, I was part of the Labor Committee and you kept trying to project, you know, what things would be like if we could just get back at it. And, and because we're able to all come to terms to get back at it. And what struck me, frankly, wasn't so much the effects of the uh, work stoppage as the fact that we haven't really had this, you know, 
the pandemic was highly abnormal. I, for, I don't recall if you all media were allowed in the ballpark when we were uh, playing in 2020, but to, to go to Stadia, said, I saw the team other than, including in Milwaukee, and have, you know, cardboard cutouts and piped in noise was very surreal. And then even last year, I think with all the various, you know, uh, requirements, we even had a thing one point where you had a, a tracker. And so I was part of the, the program, so I'd go in the clubhouse. So I uh, sent a saliva test in every other day. And then when I was on campus here, there was a tracker that would track my every move so that if you were in, you know, you, you would know immediately if you were in contact with someone uh, in either direction that, that would have had uh, COVID. So it's just good to be rid of all of that and, and understanding that, you know, some of you wearing masks here and whatnot. I, by the way, I've, I've managed to uh, avoid so far getting, getting uh, the virus in part because I'm pretty disciplined about wearing a mask when uh, I'm in a group. So, uh, it's, it, yeah, it feels like normal, I think, and that's good. Was it a little nerve-wracking? You said you're part of the, the labor process this year. Were, were you confident that a deal would get done in time to, to play a relatively normal season? Uh, I was confident we were trying hard, but, uh, you know, we uh, – and I, I think the players were trying hard. You had to, you had to you know, get to an intersection of what was key, and uh, we, we did just in time. So it's great to have a full season, and uh, – it's just great to the full 162 games. Mark, you had a pretty big compliment of players that uh, were arbitration eligible. You settled with just about all of them. Um, how high on the priority list for, for you and for the organization is trying to lock up some of those young key guys, you know, like Corbin Burns, for instance, or Brandon Woodruff or Willie, Willie Adamas? Yeah, this year was uh, going, and I don't know if David addressed this or not. If he did, we'll see if we answered it the same. But... Uh, you know, it was such a scramble and a truncated period of time to uh, get camp opened, deal with the – we had many – we had 10 or 12 arbitration uh, cases this year or p potential hearings and and just get ready for the season that we, we didn't get to focus on long-term that much. Uh, look, we've, we've tried in every case to keep as many players as, as we can – and you know we succeeded with uh, Christian, obviously, and we got Freddie to a contract, and so we're always looking looking at that. And um, you know we have a really good group of guys in the clubhouse there, so uh, we love you know love keeping all of them. You mentioned Corbin. I mean, what's better than the Cy Young winner buying you know picking up the tab at a at a local bar for everybody on on a ninety pitches, right? That's that shows. Uh, not only a character, but like really good spirit. What a fun thing to do. So, uh, you know, we'll see where all that goes. Do you have a sense for it yet, Mark? I mean, has anything like that been, been broached with, with any of those players yet? Not, not yet. Mark, I know how much you love baseball. Do you feel like a little kid again when you walk in the ballpark on opening day? Yeah, I can't, uh, you know, I always have mixed emotions with my, my dad. Uh, used to sing every opening day. So I put my Joe pin on today. And uh, yeah, my very first baseball game I saw in person was opening day 1966 
think I've bored people with this story before here. In Yankee Stadium, we sat at the bleachers. Uh, the Yankees lost 2-1 to one to the Tigers. And Al Downing was sitting in the bullpen with, with like, his, his, his feet like this, you know. <laughs> and he just kept looking at me, <laughs> which was really cool. So that's something you don't, you don't forget. You know, we try to, uh, the more you can get uh, kids out to uh, any sport, but to the ballpark by the time they're eight, you create a lifetime fan. And, and so we're, uh, now that we can we all be back, we're going to work on some things to make sure we can get kids out the way we have before. You know, one, one of the, the challenges, uh, you know, is frankly even getting enough bus drivers right now. So, but we're we're working on all that. Mark in February, I think, uh, has some live reporting on Davis Jones' contract, um, having a, some sort of option for after. Seeing <laughs> that there's a version of kind of the ability to let go of it, are you able to acknowledge or confirm that? And has there been any sort of conversation before about extending anything beyond that? Yeah, th this is like the favorite. Uh, asked, Will's asking about uh, David's contract this is like the favorite parlor game in uh, at least in terms of baseball ops in New York is to try to figure out what David's contract is and <laughs> I think the only two people who really know are me and him uh, actually Marty Ronsky who's our general counsel probably knows and uh, look we'd love to keep David here obviously and you know again with with around looking at all the contracts we have you know we still have time with David we have time with a number of the players and uh, you know I would say you, you all uh, spent some time with, today with David and Craig uh, they get a huge amount of credit for what we have going on here and, and they both have big teams right behind them but you have a team you know the Brewers I think we've said this have the second most wins in the National League the last five years behind the Dodgers one of five teams to be in the playoffs the last four years and it really starts with the two of them you know as an owner you wonder what in, what what does an owner really do we, we set a tone but you know best thing i've done maybe in 18 years was was hiring each of them uh and then can sit back and be a fan which is uh you know uh my first love is being a fan and th those two just done an extraordinary job here so uh, you know we, we hope to keep both of them for a long time but we'll, we'll see you talked about all that success um, is any part of you getting fancy to make the next step maybe that's not the right word but just for this organization take that next step how do you do that as well? yeah we d definitely want to you know think a lot about taking the next step I know the players talk about that also and what you have to just you just have to balance, you know, what it means to take that next step. So, you know, we look, we have some young players coming along quite nicely in our uh, development system. We don't get all the, the hype other teams do, maybe because we don't hype as much as they do. But, uh, you know, we've resisted the last few years trading out of that farm system. And uh, because we want to keep this going, we don't, you know, I easier much easier said than done I'd, I'd hope to never go through a rebuild here and and so um, you know there's a balance there and then there's obviously a balance with uh, with free agents and uh, you know where teams I'm not, look when, when you make the right
play with a free agent, it's it's great. If if you burn yourself financially, uh, it's it's a challenge. So, uh, but David and Matt and I talk about this a lot. What it what it could mean to take the next step. You could be sure at the trade deadline we'll be looking carefully there. And and I think everyone should look at things we you know we haven't done. You know, uh, we've kept you know Josh Hader all these years, for example. There were. Anybody's bet on that would have been, oh, they wouldn't have spent, you know, I think he's up to something like $11 million a year as a reliever. That with our payroll, we would never, you know, it wouldn't be efficient to do that. And, uh, you know, we, our goal is to win games. And I will say the last couple of nights were stressful enough. <laughs> but seeing him out there, uh, I felt it was going to be okay, and it was. Kind of go off that, how important is Christian Elch's um, success moving forward to the organization? I mean, to get back to that 2018 and 19 form. I think, you know, if, if, if anything you read, if you if we're talking about, relative to Yelly, if we're talking about getting taking that next step, we, we need him to perform. I don't think he needs to be the best player in baseball, but, um, you know, he he needs to – he's currently – and these rating systems, I don't want to go with. He's currently ranked the hundredth best player in baseball, so uh, you'd probably like him to be somewhere in between, and, and we'll be fine. And he's off to a really good start. And, that, and you know, I think a lot of this has been, you know, health. All right, there he is, Brewers owner Mark Adonacio, as uh, he was talking about Christian Yelich. You notice how careful he was in there, <laughs> talking about that. Careful, careful. Uh, he is off to a decent start, a much better start, just just by the looks of it. Maybe the numbers don't bear it out exactly, but uh, you're going to see some torrid streaks out of uh, Christian Yelich. Also, I, I think what he was talking about with the uh, young players coming through the pipeline, uh, that is pretty key here to the Brewers' uh, near future. And we always uh, talked about, yeah, the, from the pitching side of things, the young pitchers in Burns and – and Woody, you know, homegrown talent, and and Freddie, for all intents and purposes, is too. They got him, I think, at at 19 years old. Uh, guys like Adrian Hauser came from outside the organization. Josh Hader did too, but nonetheless, they they got him at a young age where you could kind of call him homegrown. He had said that we don't hype the younger players. The organization doesn't hype the younger players like other organizations do. I think they should. I think that's a mistake. I do. And you wonder how uh, New York and L.A. Uh, acquires in July these stud, talented players because I, th- I think that's part of it. I, th- I think word does get out when you hype the Garrett Mitchells and, the, you know, the Sal Freelicks and, and guys like that. So just saying, I, I've said that for years. Hype your younger players. I mean, perception is, is sort of reality as well. Maybe they're worth more. You keep hyping them the first couple of years they're in pro ball. Maybe they are, uh, you know, uh, eyebrow raising to another organization might lock in a deal. We're going to hear from uh, President of Baseball Operations, David Stearns, on the way. Craig Council coming up. It is the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. 10-1, to 1, Brewers lose tonight. We'll be right back here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. 
Let's get the scoop from the skipper on today's game on 1250 AM, The Fan. All right, 10-1, the final. Brewers fall in game two of this four-game set. Ouch, that that was not a fun thing. And you guys that went to American Family Field, too, I, I feel for you guys that you, if you don't attend a lot of games, you know, you, you – you may only go some some folks, Timmy. You know this. Uh, some folks only go to like one game a year, once once or twice a year. Yep. And, you know, you get saddled with a game like this. That's got to suck. Yeah. It's. I. There were people leaving. I was there for a little bit. Uh, there were people leaving when I was heading out to come here. So. And and, and especially was, the way it started. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's almost have. This was one of those grind games too, where nothing came easy. It really didn't. And when you're down four zip after one, I remember, I don't know, six or seven years ago, the Brewers got into a habit of just chasing almost every game. It was chasing. The pitchers were just getting beat up in the first or second inning. And that changes an offense on a given night. Uh, you know, you're, you're staring up at three zip, and now you're pressing just a little bit especially four zip or six zip in this case, you noticed a lot of these innings offensively did go pretty quick for the Brewers. They're just trying to get something going a little bit offensively. And, you know, they had a chance late in the game. Uh, they had a run in, the bases loaded, Jace Peterson, you know, and I, here, I, I'm a never-say-die guy. It was 8-1 to one at the time. And I'm thinking, hey, Jace takes this out, man. We got us a ball game here in the seventh. That's a three-run game. They can come back from this. But early on, it does put you in a hole, and it does tend to change things just a little bit. Uh, Craig Council, we'll get to him in a second here. Hopefully we'll get an update on Brent Suter, removed from the game, uh, took a spill against the railing on the uh, right side of the diamond, and it just, uh, that, that just wasn't good, and we'll, uh, hopefully uh, Brent is okay on that. Also, the pitching stays intact, and I started the show with that. That's sort of the positive here that – Urania soaked up three innings. Hobie Milner, I mean, he got a couple of uh, innings in there as well, and they piecemealed with uh, Brent Suter and Brasso, a position player, obviously got to pitch in there as well. But their pitching's in pretty good shape here as you look toward uh, game three uh, tomorrow night. But before we get to council, let's get Mike in here. Mike, you're on the fan. What's on your mind? Uh, hey, Tim, uh, not a very good game. I had called right away when uh... – you guys were first coming on the air. I wanted to be the first person to tell you it's early. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, still getting rid of that smoker's cough. Um, yeah, it, it, as soon as I saw after the first inning, uh, I, I've been listening to every game. I really uh, enjoy it. Um, it's We're going to have stinkers, I guess, once in a while. But uh, I'm real optimistic about Yelich. And uh, I'll let, I just want to bring this up. They were given the lineups, and I believe it's the lineup you, you know, what you thought was what it should be. Yes. And I'm thinking this team has got a dynamite offense. These guys are going to have a great season. And, of course, uh, I was doing something with my wife. We went to church when I came back. They're down uh, four to nothing after the first inning. and uh, But it's going to happen. And like you said, it's better than losing a close one you know, after being ahead the whole game and yeah. losing by a run. So, uh, and Sparky's, I think Sparky went to the game. Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, he's the cause of this whole fiasco I feel, then. I feel for him. Hey, great to have you back, Tim. Have a, have a good night despite the game. 
Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot, Mike. You know, he mentioned the lineup there. I uh, I do like this lineup. This is this is your A lineup right here in this yep. order. Yep, one hundred percent. But let me just throw this out there. When Luis Urias gets back, okay, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; that mm-hmm. is a really good thing. Who the hell's going to bat ninth in this lineup? Urias. <laughs> That's a good, good I mean, question. I, I guess you could make the argument Kane or Kane, Taylor. Yeah, your center fielder. I, I guess your center fielder would. Um, and I'm the jury's out for me a little bit on Tyrone Taylor, and and how just how good he is because I don't know if we really know. I don't think there's enough big league abs to really get a good read on Tyrone Taylor. I think I think you're going to need. Um, couple hundred more at-bats, really, to get a better read on him. Now, the good trend is, and Counts talked about this uh, a few days ago about Tyrone Taylor, is that you know every year he shows up as a better baseball player. That's a great trend, you, and that's stating the obvious. But if the, he continues on that trajectory, then it should be seamless over from Lorenzo Cain to Tyrone Taylor just for the near future, what they do three, four years once these other young outfielders start coming up. Uh, we'll see about that. But just just, just for the near future, I mean, it, it might trend very well in terms of seamless transition from Kane to Taylor. But that being said, if, if I guess Kane would be your nine, because you don't want to bury Luis Urias down there, but where are you going to put him? You gonna put him above Rowdy Telez and Hunter Renfro and Omar Narvaez? I don't know. Maybe it's a good problem to have. Don't get me wrong, but just think about that. Your A lineup gets better within a couple of weeks. I, I would think May first at the latest. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to be going down to a rehab assignment very, very soon. So. Yeah, pretty, pretty quick yep. here. All right, seven nine nine twelve fifty. Before we get to Craig, let's get to Ron. Ron picked up the phone and felt the need to call the fan. What's up, Ron? Hey, Tim, I hear, you know, most people are being optimistic and everything, and I hate to be a pessimist, but I am. I just, uh, you know, like when uh, when it was the Prince Fielder years and we got down, I never felt like we couldn't come back. I was at one game, I think we scored six or seven runs in the ninth inning. We didn't win, but I always felt like we, no matter what, we were going to come back. This game, we got down like four runs early, and I thought, we're not going to come back. And then... Like when Nolan Nando was up with the guy on second, I thought, he'll probably hit him in, and he did. And then mm-hmm. I just don't feel that with this team most of the time. When we get down or when we have runners in scoring position, I can't remember how many games we have like the, the leadoff hitter on and we can't get him in. Well, they've been doing that a lot this year. The leadoff hitter, I've noticed that trend. That's a great trend. They were down three zip in game three in Chicago last week and did come back to win that one. I know, but it's just, uh, I mean, we've been shut out twice already. Uh, and, th- and, with, and then we have one run. I mean, that's almost a shutout. I don't, I under, I, it's great being competitive and getting in the playoffs, but I just, I don't feel like we have the hitting to actually win a championship. And okay. I, and, not, and you're not alone. You know, I just think, well, I hope that Mark does get us at least one clutch hitter when uh, during the trade deadline, I mean, we we first of all uh, we need to do it for Bob Uecker. Come on, how many more years does that guy have? Can we get him a World Series, please? Spend a little money this year, and then later we can save money after 
after we win the World Series one time. I, I'm with you on, on get one for Bob Euchre. I am all in on that. Ron, thanks for the call. You're not alone on the offensive thing. You're definitely not alone. And again, I, I, I played the uh, let's pretend about an hour ago or so, half hour ago or so. And I said, let's pretend that this offense is the same as last year and runners in scoring position is an issue. Uh, run scoring is an issue. There's some batting averages that I'll, I'll choose a given show and just do a, do a gut check and all these batting averages and on-base percentages, and they're, they suck. And, you know, it'll be something like Let's just cross that bridge when we, we get to it. This lineup is good. I, I don't know. I just – whether they perform – that's a different story, but they're one hell of a talented offensive lineup. They just are. There's talent up and down this lineup. I'm sorry, Ron. I know that. I, I get it. And there's certain days where I start leaning in your direction. Like, really? What are we doing here? But I just, it just when you look at these guys, and again, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but when you look at this, these guys, just their names and the order in which they're placed in the lineup, Wong and Adamas and Yelich and McCutcheon and Telez and Hunter Renfro and Omar Narvaez, Luis Urias, as we just dis- discussed, that should be a good offense. It just should. Every, everything in, 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 in my uh, fiber of baseball says that that offense should be good. I mean, there are stacked lineups that have not performed in all of sports. You just think you got it made. Look at this lineup. Look at this, look at this roster in basketball. Look at these free agents that came in on a, on a given football team. And it just doesn't work out. So you hope that doesn't happen, but just on paper, they, they these guys should be a, a good offense. They really should. Hey, Tim, we have mm-hmm. uh, Toby on the line. Do you want to take him? From sure. the Bart Toby, Winkler show. Yeah, Toby, what's going on, Toby? Hey, what's going on, Timmy? Good to hear from you. Yeah, I was at the park tonight, and there was just a nervous energy with Freddie on the mound today. And after those first two hitters, you get them quickly, and then it's just the wheels came off, and there was just a nervous energy from the crowd with Freddie tonight. Yeah, and, and but that's been his trend, Toby. As you know, the first inning is a little shaky for him over the course of his career. Now, last year it wasn't so much, but years prior to that and now early on this year, he gave up three in the first his, his first time out this year. That's just something that he's going to have to correct. That's just something that he's going to have to mature and get through. I, it's, it, but but it, he's so young, Toby, as you know. The yeah. makeup, his arsenal – He's still working on on his breaking stuff. He is, and and he's got to continue to go to it and perfect it to be to be the best he can be. He's got to perfect that breaking stuff. Yeah, I think he's going to be fine. I think we'll see him bounce back. A couple things was listening. I was contemplating whether to call or save it for a show next week, but working big show on Monday. I know we're not going to talk about the Brewers. We're always talking about Bucks, so <laughs> I had to get some thoughts out. Uh, awesome. So you were talking about Arania. I think that goes back to a genius Stearns move. You bring that guy in, he's probably not making the 26-man roster come May, but for now, he gives you that pitcher so you're not taxing your rotation. Like you were saying, you're not taxing your pitchers, so you're lined up for tomorrow. And then when it comes to the lineup, Tim, I, I agree with you that I think this lineup can be above average, 
but I wonder if this lineup needs to be in close baseball out at bats and have more pressure on the opposing pitcher because you know you look up and down the lineup I'd say they're average above average hitters and when you combine them all it, it makes up a good hitting staff the problem is when they're trying to catch up they don't have enough free swingers to try and come back from six runs down you know in the second inning I just I think they're going to be better off in three to two ball games where they can salvage a run here in the seventh and get back in it or something like that I don't see them being a team that can come back from big lo- uh, big deficits and it works out fine because generally the pitching staff isn't going to yeah. struggle like that. But I think if you see them in close ball games, I think the hitting staff will be fine. Yeah, th- and that's when one swing can make the difference. That's when that's when you get you get a man on, and then someone pops a two run shot for you, and, and it gives you a lead or it ties the ball game. I think you might be right. It, it may be that the the styles are just all similar. They're they're all lean in a in a given direction. Uh, on base percentage, I think it's something to keep an eye on for this team because if the OBP, if you remember the OBP from last year, I mean, as a team, they were like, the I would read down the OBPs and they'd be like, you know, JBJ was, what, 290 or something, 250. You're seeing a, a 301, a 300, a 290, all up and down that lineup. I think that's a key stat to watch this year. For the offense to be above average, I think that's the stat to look at. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they can do this year. I think, you know, it, again, it's early. I think Brewers fans have higher expectations for this Brewer team than they've had in years past. So I think there's uh, – Gary said it best this week when we were talking. I think there's just a little bit of angst from Brewers fans. Because, you know, you had high expectations and you come out of the gate a little bit slow. But I think they're going to be all right. Yep. All right, Toby, we'll be listening for you Monday morning. Appreciate it, Tim. All right, there he is, Toby Altizer. Field reporting on the game tonight, a 10-1 final. There is a little nervous energy. It doesn't surprise me. I'm not pleased about a 4-4 start. It doesn't surprise me. It's just going to take a little time to to take shape, to take form. I think the team, I, I think this team, I, I'll save it. I'll, I'll save it for a couple more weeks. I want to get to that 25-game mark, and I've always said that. Uh, 25 games to me is a little more on the trend side. Uh, people tend to want to say 40 games a, a quarter turn. Uh, I say 25 gives you some indications I want to get to that. We're we're eight games in here, so I, I won't expand on that. I will, uh, well, uh, have you listen to Craig Council. He'll expand on a lot of things here. David Stern's coming up as well. But here's Counts after a 10-1 Brewers loss. It was on the replay. It looked like he slipped into it. What did he? Uh, I mean, he just... He he just banged into it hard. It, it looks like uh, you know the net actually stopped stopped him most. Um, small t- twisted his ankle a little bit. Um, you know we, we took him out just really precautionary. Um, just kind of game state. Uh, he's he's doing fine. Okay. Yeah. He looked like he lobbied pretty hard to stay back in there. Yeah, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. It was. It was he hit the wall pretty hard um, and went down pretty fast and um, but he he was he's doing fine. 
Craig, what did you, you think of Freddie tonight? He's having some trouble locating our line. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't a good night for Freddie. He struggled. Um, you know, we got to just kind of go back and watch it and, and learn from it, and, and he'll be better next time. Sort of like that first outing where he got to the two outs in the first inning and then just seemed like he couldn't quite. Yeah, I mean, he got two quick outs. Um, he made a good pitch to O'Neill. O'Neill had a really good pitch. Um, you know, he was a little cautious with Arenado, and, and then they just, they just, you know, he, he couldn't put away a hitter after that. Um, and they put together a good inning on him, a tough inning. Hope he's one of those guys, you know, you, you said, you know, certain roles for certain guys, other guys, you're trying to figure it out, but performance like that seems just as important as what you got yesterday out of, um, I can't think of it now. Of, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, Gustave did not I mean, I'm sorry, Urena did a nice job as well. Um, you know, three innings was huge at that point. Um, Hobie was very efficient with his two innings and pitched very well. He's, he's off to an, off to a nice, nice start. Um, so it, it, those those two guys kept our bullpen kind of in order for tomorrow, which was important. Um, and uh, kind of go from there. Craig, even like last year in the first inning, sometimes was that was kind of a trouble area for Freddie. Is is that just a random like baseball thing, or is there something to that? Maybe? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I always believe that a starter, it's it's they are vulnerable in the first inning because they haven't been on the mound and in game action for four or five days. And, um, it it is a great inning to, to get them before they settle in and get comfortable. Um, you know, I mean, when you get two quick outs, you you feel pretty good about, uh, you know, being out there again. It just, they, um, and then that, you know, they, like I said, the the inning just kind of unfold way it unfolded that, the O'Neill at bat and the, the Arenado at bat set it up for them. And after that, I just I thought they had really good at bats against them. Um, you know, I, I, I would give them a lot of credit. It, they just made it hard for him to finish the inning because he was he was still in good shape facing Newt Bar. Um, you know, with with a chance to get out of the inning, he had a tough at bat against them. And then they just they continued with a bunch more. And obviously, that you know the Kinzer hit, you know, is one of those that. You know, he makes a pretty good pitch. The guy just puts the bat on the ball, and and that was, you know, kind of that that was the that was the big hit of the game. And essentially, it's two nothing, and we can get out of the get out of there instead that falls in, and and we're in a big hole already. Now, Craig Council, there he is after the ten one Brewers loss. Don't give away trade secrets, Craig. Are you kidding me? Don't don't tell everybody, and <laughs> including the opposition, that your pitchers are vulnerable in the first inning. No, but he has said that about the opponents too. Uh, he's been pretty consistent with that. That uh, you know, the time to get uh, a Scherzer and the time to get a Bueller is early on in a game. So he's he's been consistent with that. All right, David Stearns, president and GM of uh, well, I should say president of baseball operations, no longer the GM. He's elevated to president. Uh, we're going to hear from him next. He spoke to the media yesterday. Stick around. Gene Wagner, Plumbing Post Game Show. Presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street and Oak Creek here on The Fan. First time they've had multiple runners aboard. And there's a base hit. Narvaez. Sends one to right. McCutcheon will score. 
And the Brewers are on the board here in the seventh inning. Yeah, skunk out of the box in the seventh. Just short of 30,000 fans at American Family Field tonight uh, to experience a Brewers, mm, yikes, 10 to 1 loss. That's the highlight, the, the one run highlight on Bally Sports Wisconsin. So yesterday, uh, with all the ceremonial stuff going on for opening day and all the parties that were going on, a a sellout crowd and all that, uh, each one of the the big guys would address the media, obviously Craig Council, but uh, also Mark Adonacio. We heard from him a while ago. We need to hear from President of Baseball Ops, uh, David Stearns. And let's get to that. Wanted to get this in before we uh, we said goodnight for the night. I also, by the way, I want to call out a colleague that had some uh, pretty rough things to say about baseball that I couldn't disagree with more. So I'll have that for you in just a bit as well. Here's President David Stearns from yesterday. David, what do you think about the first, what you've seen the first six, and no conclusions, but just what do you think about what you've seen the first six? I appreciate the qualifier there. Um, It's six games, and it is very difficult to draw anything from six games. Um, I think we've had individual performers who have performed pretty well, and we've had some guys who haven't gotten it going yet. Um, And so the result of that is is three and three, and that's that's fine. Um, You know, we're we're mostly healthy, which is probably the most important thing right now this time of the year. Uh, We we need guys to get consistent playing time. We need guys to get into the groove of the season, and that's what we're in the process of doing. Is it perhaps even more difficult than usual to draw conclusions after a week or so just because of the shortened spring, the pitcher workforce, and that type of thing? Yeah, I, I'd say I, I try to never draw conclusions after a week or so, um, so I'd, I'd put this season in, in a similar category there. When can you draw conclusions? I mean, how, how, many, how long do you yeah, the, sort of the, it's probably different for every team in every year. The, the rule of thumb is you kind of give your team at least two months um, to to show you who they are, um, and then begin to uh, then begin to take a little bit of a deeper dive. But um, look, we, we made a move last year before two months was out um, because we thought it was it was the right thing to do, uh, and we've had we've had teams where we really haven't been sure what direction we were going in until mid July. Um, and and how best to address the team until mid-July. So it is different every year, but probably a good rule of thumb is you take the first two months of the season, um, trust your, your off-season evaluations and your off-season assessments, and then determine where, if anywhere, you need to change. David, what feedback have you gotten in the first two series on how Victor Caratini has settled, and that's a tough a tough thing for a catcher to come in on opening day. It's, it's very tough. And for he's done, I think, a tremendous job of making an effort to get to know our pitchers as well as he possibly can. It, it is really tough to show up on literally opening day, get thrown into the game immediately, um, and, and then have to build those relationships on the fly. He's done a great job. Um, he's, he's here really early every day. He's talking to pitchers after games every day. He's working with our pitching coaches. He's working with Murph. He's working with Walker. I'm trying to soak up as much knowledge as possible, and he he understands he's behind the eight ball a little bit. David Craig mentioned about the going day that um, you guys were hopeful that at least make it some status at some point in the weekend or something like that. Um, is that still the same status for him? Yeah, I, he he's pro, he's progressing fine, and so I think there's been 
a little bit of a narrative that it's it's taken a little bit longer and it probably is taking a little bit longer but we're still within the realm of of kind of the original notion of what this injury could be it, it hasn't been on the on the faster end for sure it's probably been a little bit on the slower end um so he's doing fine you know whether he gets to an affiliate this weekend i think that's unlikely um i think it's possible he takes some controlled at bats uh in arizona um he is he is running he's doing baseball activities he's running the bases what we need to do is get him to the point where he's completely confident so that uh, he can play at real game speed, and, and we're just not there yet. Potentially, yeah, they, they could. Um, I don't, I don't know that we necessarily get there, but that's a possibility this weekend. David, the other injury guy, Topa, um, is a potential second half guy for you. Where is, is he off the mound again? He is. He is throwing um, off a mound. I wouldn't say it's a full bullpen quite yet, um, but he is throwing off a mound. I think, understandably, there's there's some guys who like it more than others. Um, it's going to be a process for everyone to get comfortable with it. We've had some technical difficulties with this at times uh, during the first couple series. Um, I think some pitchers really like um, how it can quicken their pace and improve their rhythm. And then I think there are some pitchers that uh, – that they're just so used to their normal rhythm of looking in for a sign, taking the sign, coming set, uh, that this is just different. So um, it's something we're going to continue to to play with um, over the course of the year. I think I think all teams will to varying extents, and um, and then, then we'll see where it leads. Dave, yeah, you mentioned the time that it takes to, to get an opinion on what you've got. So what do you and your staff do during these first couple of games, weeks, series? What are you looking for? What are you trying to keep an eye on? You know, I, I don't know that there's anything specific that we're that we're that we're watching. Frankly, if anything, we're trying not to watch anything um, particularly specifically. We're trying not to uh, reach any conclusions. We're not trying to make any judgments. Um, this team is put together for a reason. Every year, the team, uh, the the core of the team that comes together on opening day is there for a reason. So we have to trust those reasons, um, allow the season to play out. And then uh, when we have enough information to alter any of our perspectives, um, that's when we can really begin to, um, to to adjusting if we think we need to adjust. Does that extend to your view of the blocks at this particular point in time? Like that's one thing that kind of stood out yep. staff-wide in the first couple of series. Yeah, I think it's an anomaly. Um, I, w- I wouldn't read anything into it. David, how different uh, and challenging was this past offseason without the ability because of the, the work stoppage to sign major league players? It, it was definitely different. Um, it's unlike anything any of us have and there he is, uh, President of Baseball Operations, uh, David Stearns. And, yeah, don't draw any conclusions uh, over the first two series. We're not looking at anything specifically. Uh, it's, just, it's just tough. we got to wait for a couple of months. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking, just thinking out loud here. Call me dumb, but you might want to keep an eye on the win-loss record. That might be something to keep an eye on. Just, uh, just... <laughs> If you're not going to watch anything else, maybe that might be something that could pique your interest here. Because these are games. These are regular season games that have impact. 
not going to make a huge deal out of it. I will make a huge deal out of uh, someone that said something about baseball. And I'll, I'll talk about that next here. I'll leave you with a really nice, happy, smiley, cynical face. We'll do that next. Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th here on The Fan. Suter on the run for it. Oh, look out. Oh, my goodness. Brent was crashing into the railing, and he is down. My goodness. Oh, oh. he just was flying over toward that railing. Now there it is on Valley Sports Wisconsin as the Brewers lose 10 to 1 today. There'll be better days, I promise you. Um, Brent Suter, according to Craig Council, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. According to uh, Brent Suter, what did he say? He's he's fine. He's a okay, a okay, and ready to go tomorrow if needed. Ready to go. To, you know, he might end up in that ball game tomorrow. There's no doubt. Okay, so I wanted to get to this real quick. Those of you that listen to the uh, JR Sport Brief Show, it's the JR Sport Brief Show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, he made a couple of comments tonight. I, I'm I'm convinced the dude hates baseball. I'm pretty convinced he hates baseball, I'm, and, and I think I'm accurate on that. Okay, uh, a couple of comments. He said, "Base quote, baseball is dying on the vine. Okay, couldn't disagree more. Could not disagree a- anymore. Uh, he also said, quote, baseball needs a prayer. Baseball needs a prayer. Um, no. Uh, baseball averaged 18,000 fans a night last year per game. That's 15 stadiums every night, essentially every night, for six months. But remember what you told me when now, uh, I was looking that up for the first now three months. rewind. Yeah, rewind pre-pandemic. Now keep in mind, no fans in 2020. Last year, it was 25%, 28%, whatever arbitrary number percentage they, they put on stadiums last year, uh, 35% and some, and et cetera. That was 18,000, 18,000 a night. That was last year with percentage. If you go back to 19, 28,000 a night, 15 stadiums, six months every night. Now, again, Essentially, there's off days in there. We all understand that. If you go back to 2008 to 17, 30,000 a night. Okay, a little drop off to 28,000. That's not dying on the vine. Sorry, JR. Hated to call you out because I like your show. I like it a lot. And I have a chance to listen to it while I'm preparing for the show just about uh, every night all summer long. And I, and I generally speaking, really enjoy the show. But I could not disagree. I, I'm convinced he hates baseball. It just sounds like, he, JR, if you get this, it sounds like you hate baseball, dude. That's fine. You, that, that's fine. You, you don't like baseball? You don't like baseball. And, and, hey, you like the NFL, right? Were they selling out in Atlanta this year? Were they selling out in Houston this year? Were they selling out in Chicago this year? You weren't saying the NFL's dying on the vine. 
Just saying. You love the NBA, right? There's tickets still available. One here in Milwaukee for the champions. Just saying. Now I'm getting all worked up. I don't want to do that. Calm down. Calm down. But I, just, <laughs> I just had to point that out and defend my game. That That's all. That's going to do it for us. Steven Matz takes the hill for the Cardinals tomorrow. Adrian Hauser with his second uh, stint here this year. Uh, first pitch, 6-10. After the last pitch, you make the switch right here. Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Tim Shea, nice job tonight. Thank we'll be you, having some you. fun. Yes. All summer long, and you'll be back with back me tomorrow. tomorrow night. My name is Tim Allen. You guys enjoy the night. We'll see you tomorrow. And smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.